Another wild Sunday in the NFL. A high school game broke out at Arrowhead Stadium. Wild, crazy upsets. Two teams that everyone thinks were great coming into the year apparently suck. And the game of the day in Chicago? All of that next. Make sure you tune into For Frequency Sake on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch each Sunday during the football season from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. The boys from For Fantasy Sake will be bringing the fire fantasy football takes, updating you on the week's rankings and injuries, and getting you ready for your fantasy football matchups each and every week. The show is interactive, so be sure to send your questions. You can find them at For Frequency Sake on Facebook, at FFSQC on Twitter, or you can send them an email at ForFantasySakeQC at gmail.com. In addition to bringing fire on the mic, the team at Four Frequency Sake is still bringing it online as well. Check out ForFantasySakeQC.com this season for college DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each and every week of this football season. Again, that is for QC.com for College DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each week during the football season. Coming up on this pod, we had a the game of the day, which I don't know if I've ever had more fun watching a football game then watching the Bears. Yes, the Bears. They have their name back. And the Dolphins. That was pure bliss for three hours. I have never been happier watching a football game. That was the game of the day, without question. We also had some a crazy comeback in Jacksonville. Uh, we'll get into a absolute meltdown. In Detroit, just a gross, gross game in Tampa Bay. And we'll start with a high school game that broke out in Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, great week it's been for gambling for us this week on the Sinister Six. Listen, we, we whiffed totally on the Michigan State team total. That's fine. We, we got a point explosion in the fourth quarter to cash the over on the but on the LSU-Bama game. But today we felt good. Oh, the Panthers never had a shot today. That's fine. You know, we took a chance and blew it. At least we know now that they're dead and did not touch them. But we nailed the Hawks plus two. You could say we survived the Chargers minus two and a half. It was back and forth. And it was a game the Chargers found a way to win. That is kind of how I knew if they were going to do it, that's how they were going to cover. Tomorrow, all we need is the Ravens to win by two or more, and we will be back over 500 for the year. And we can start the second half of the season on a high note, and we can just get ready to roll as we start November and we get to the final couple months of the year. Mac, it was not pretty. His only win was the one that he tailed me on, which was the Seahawks. So we'll reevaluate. We'll reevaluate. All right. Lots to get into. I'm excited. First Sunday show in a couple weeks uh, due to different nefarious reasons. But we are ready to roll. 
Let's get it, folks. All right, so that game in Arrowhead, I mean, you have so many different things that went on and that I'm just very interested in seeing where I go down this path on the takes that I have. That was absolutely every game in high school you've seen that was a playoff game, quarterfinals maybe. You've got this plucky team that rides its good – that's got – you know, a four-star running back who's the player of the year in the state, and they have this all-world defense. Their quarterback, though, just not it. But they're playing this one seed on the road that is undefeated, and they've got all of these flaws when it comes to how good they actually are, but they've got the all-world top five in the country quarterback that can just bail them out whenever they need it. And you fight so, so hard. You make so many stops. But at the end of the day, you can't do anything because they do just enough to stop your all-world running back. And your quarterback can't throw his way out of a wet paper bag to hang with a team that actually has a pulse. And that's how you lose. That like, Did I describe a playoff game in high school or did I describe the Chiefs-Titans game tonight? Because that is exactly what we saw. And there's so many things to get into for both sides. Let's start with the Chiefs. It's mind-boggling where we are with this group. I've been – there's so many times this year where I'm really high and feeling good about them, but then they have nights like tonight. Now, here's the thing. Could it just be that Mike Vrabel has Andy's number? I don't know. Like, that could be the possibility. That's absolutely on the table. The job Vrabel has done – This team lost to the Giants in week one in just the most ridiculous way possible. They give up the two-point conversion, but the Giants did that with too much time left, so the Titans were able to come down, had a chip shot. Not chip shot. It was a 47-yarder, I think, but a 47-yarder to win, and Randy Bullock misses. Then they go to Buffalo in week two. They lose by 1,000, and ever since then, they've rattled off five in a row, and it's been... Close game after close game. Their defense has been amazing. Their offense has done just enough. Ryan Tannehill has been okay, not great. Derrick Henry has, like, under the radar, returned to form of MVP-level Derrick Henry from a few years ago. They have horrendous weapons. They might have the worst receiver room in the league, let's be honest here, Um, outside of, like, Houston. uh, I don't know if there's a worse. I mean, God, is there a worse receiver room in the league than the Titans? It's not good. It's really bad. Uh, and they come to this game. Like last week, they win where a game against Houston where Ryan Tannehill's hurt and Malik Willis throws and complete. He throws 10 passes, completes six of them. And Derrick Henry runs for like 230 yards. And tonight, Malik Willis completes five passes and 60% of his completion yards are on the first play of the game. And uh, outside of that, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. So the fact that they are here, they're now they are now five and three, but they clearly control their division. Uh, the only team that I think has a pulse in beating them in the division is Jacksonville, and they own the Jags. Henry torches them on a yearly basis, and they still get to play them twice. The only uh, that's going to be the only thing from stop, stopping them from at least being the four seed, I think. But they're going to win more enough games, especially when Tannehill comes back. 
all they need to do is play complementary offense with the way that defense is playing. So again, the fact that they were in this game at five and two, they do lose their five and three, but the fact that they were there and had a shot all night long, they were up until the last four minutes. Like the fact that that was a thing. Vrabel is a savage man. Vrabel's a savage. The problem, he's got a shit play caller. He's got a shit offense, shit offensive system that outside of Derrick Henry. Now, listen, they also got good linemen. Their guard center guard might be the best combination in the league, but they just don't have the pieces and the infrastructure to work with that. And here's the thing. I know we said we're going to get with the Chiefs, and I've been rattling about the Titans, but I just had these points to make. Malik Willis, all you people that were trying to convince me he was a top 15 pick, I've tried to warn you, you don't know shit about football. Did you watch him tonight and think that that dude is ready to play on an NFL field? Fuck no, okay? Absolutely not. He should, unless Tannehill is hurt again, he should not see the field at all the rest of the year. Like, he is nowhere near ready to play an NFL game. The, again, the fact that the Titans almost won this game is just nuts. We were living in a fifth dimension tonight during that game. Okay, let's get to the Chiefs. All of the red flags, man, are just sitting there waving in our face, and they did for about 55 minutes tonight. Chiefs come out and look good. They get down the field. They ended up getting the three. Force the Titans to punt after getting that screen pass. Then they go right back down the field again and score, miss the extra point. Then after that, Titans started ball controlling. The, de- the, the offensive and defensive line got their asses kicked for the second, third, and fourth quarter. I mean, here's a question. Would the Chiefs have won the game? Like, would they have even gotten OT if they – the two-point conversion penalty that did allow them to have a second sh- – a third shot, well, I didn't think was good. I thought it was a bad penalty. It just gave them opportunities. But here, here's the issue. I understand that you're good. your big Titans are a good defense, but they can't run the ball. They cannot run the ball, and I don't think they want to run the ball. Mahomes threw 66, 67 times tonight. That's asinine. That's absolutely asinine. The entire thought process of this team when they traded Tyree Killaway was we've got one of the better offensive lines in the league, which they they do. They're all but their right. I like all but their right tackle. Their right tackle is terrible, but I like their guard center guard and Brown at left tackle is solid. But so, but regardless, they said this is going to be a ball control offense that could run the football. No, they can't run the football for shit. Edwards Alaire is horrific. McKinnon isn't a between-the-tackles guy. They try to get Isaiah Pacheco going, but it never works. They can't run block. They don't have run block schematics. They cannot run the football. And you have a team in Tennessee that can actually get home with four. They don't have to blitz much. But here's the thing, too. Teams aren't afraid to blitz them anymore. I told Danny tonight, we're watching the game. They ran a, they sent a cover zero blitz on Casey's last possession in, regular, in regulation, and Mahomes had to throw off his back foot, and he missed a crossing route to, I think, uh, uh, Fortson, I believe teams at, at before this year would have been absolutely batshit crazy to cover zero blitz the Chiefs. Why you no one on earth, like I told Danny this, I said no one on earth would have cover zero blitz the Chiefs with Tyree Kill on the field. 
Because all you got to do is hit him on a little crossing route, and he is gone. See you later. Chucking the deuces up and then doing backflips in the end zone. They don't have a guy that scares you like that anymore. Now, I know they got Tony in. It's early. We'll see how they can work him into the offense. But he only played, what, 15 snaps tonight? Not that many. Now, I will say this. Juju has been great. He has been a revelation for them. But they just don't have anybody that scares you. They just do not. And I really think this Chiefs team can be good. I want to think this Chiefs team can be great. Guys, listen, they're quarterbacked by the guy who is going to be the greatest player to ever play in the NFL. Like, we, it is inevitable. But for this season, man, I can't say that if they don't win it all, it'd be a lost title because there's, there's right now there's four or five teams in the Super Bowl bubble for me. Five. Yeah, Buffalo, Philly, KC, and then Dallas and Miami. And I know people are going to be like, oh, Miami, you're a homer. Oh, six, the Niners, the Niners. People are going to be like, oh, Miami, you're a homer, blah, blah, blah. Watch the film, you morons, you uneducated idiots. Watch the film, okay? I get it. I know what their limitations are, but do you see them, and then you watch the rest of the league? That'll be an argument for probably tomorrow. But – this Chiefs team, it's so weird. I Because they play the Niners, whose defense has been better than the Titans. And they just beat their ass. They do. They use everything that the Niners did well like against them with their heavy edge rushing pressure to throw behind it and quick schematics. Tonight, they had no answer for it. Again, they couldn't run the ball. Maybe the fact that you have a guy like Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons is just an animal for Tennessee. Like maybe the fact that you have him in there as an inside guy forces them to have, like it gives them less answers than going against a team that just has premier edge rushers. But even then, there hasn't been a game this year other than the Tampa Bay game, weirdly enough, where they've ran the ball well. There just hasn't been. They can't run the ball. They just can't. Edwards Alaire's a disaster. McKinnon's not an inside runner. Pacheco, they're trying, but it's not working, like I said. Mahomes is their leading rusher. And he threw the ball 67 times. That's just nuts. It make it's nutty. It's unbelievable. The fact that the Titans, with Malik Willis, who completed five passes, had a shot to win this game. Like I said, it was a high school game. It was a high school game. The fact that the Titans had a shot. Is nuts. If the Titans had any life on offense at all, if they could have put one drive together to get a field goal, they win. But they couldn't. Um, people are going to say, real quick about Tennessee, people are going to say, oh, well, why not Derrick Henry more touches? Listen, man, the Chiefs were loading the box. Their defensive line started playing good in the fourth quarter. Um, there's some issues I still have with their defense. <laughs> Like it can't, it's susceptible to get ran on. Their D line has some guys, but they're not great. I think they're a little overrated. Other than Chris Jones, Jones has been awesome. Jones this year has been really good, but like Frank Clark's picking and choosing when he actually gives a damn. Carl Loftus has been oh, he's been all right as a rookie. Um, they don't really have any other nose guards or D tackles that are solid. Their linebackers are average. Bolton is okay, but. Listen, and I'm not taking a shot at DJ because I love DJ and he and 
Uh, I know he's probably going to listen to this uh, tomorrow at work, but I know he wanted to come on after the game, and I wanted to and too bad too because like this was an opportunity like to just to let out his frustration with Kansas City, but unable to. I he he really likes Nick Bolton, and I he's a solid player, but there's way too many times that I'm watching Bolton just catch guards coming up the field and putting them in the, and moving them backwards. <laughs> and I think they've been their numbers against the run have been good, but I also think that you have teams this year that have just kind of been eating them alive in the passing game. So I don't know. I don't know. This Chiefs team is really weird. I'm still gonna probably I'm gonna still have them in the top three tomorrow. I don't exactly know how I'm gonna rank my I, I actually do, but I'm not I, I don't know how I'm gonna rank my top three tomorrow for the Elite Eight, but they're still gonna be there. It's been just a lot. It was a. It's just a lot right now for this team to. It's a lot to process. I don't know. Like, what stuff can you do to make it better? The biggest thing is running the ball well. Like, they should. Should they have gone out in the in the McCaffrey sweepstakes? I don't know. I don't think so. But. I mean. Mahomes has never had a running back outside of Damian Williams that really, you know, was a multi-threat catch and run guy. Like, imagine if the Chiefs had went out and got McCaffrey. I think it would maybe been better for them to get an ex-receiver like DJ Moore or Brandon Cooks, but I don't know. Maybe an edge rusher, but... Like I, I'm shocked they didn't. I would have loved to see them go go off, uh, go after Robert Quinn. I thought that would have been a good move. But listen, the Chiefs are still good. Just tonight, there's a really good chance that tonight is one that is just thrown in the Brunson or thrown in the oven and you know cooked away. Uh, after tonight, there's there's a really good chance they survived and the Bills lost, which. We will get to that. There were some crazy upsets today. Uh, so listen, the the Chiefs are now only a half game back of the AFC lead, and they're right there. They found a way to win a game. At the end of the day right now, in nights like this, the way the season has gone, that's all you have to do, and they did it. Um, trying to think. I want to just kind of look ahead real quick for them. Next week, they've got the – are they off? There's no way they're off. They were just off. They play the Jags next week. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Jags D-line is good. Can the Jags run and pass on them? We'll see. I don't know. But that'll be fun. I'm going to watch Trevor Lawrence go against Pat. But, yeah, I, all in all, Tennessee could be really nasty if – they had any sort of offensive scheme and life in that building, but they don't, and it's going to cost them again. They're going to lose. Whoever finishes second in the AFC East, like I know it should be Buffalo, but listen, Buffalo's six and two, the Jets are six and three, the Dolphins are six and three, the Patriots are even five and four. They're all right there. Whoever finishes second in the AFC East is going to beat the Titans in the week, unless it's. Maybe the Jets, but I don't know. They're going to beat the Titans in the first round of the playoffs. That's my hot take. Woohoo! Uh, so yeah, 
All right, we'll step aside. We got a lot of wild. We got the game of the day in Chicago between the Dolphins and the Bears. We have that next. This episode is brought to you by the Corner Tap. Who doesn't need a solid handcuff on their fantasy squad? Grab a bite to eat at Clint's Draft House while watching the noon games and then head on over across the Moline-Rock Island border to the Corner Tap for some libations during the 3 o'clock games. Every Sunday is fun day at the Corner Tap with $3 Tall Boys, Bloody Marys, Jack Daniels, and $2 PBR Drafts. Head into the Corner Tap, 4018 14th Avenue, Rock Island, and get into the end zone. Today's episode is brought to you by Kavanaugh's Hilltop Bar in Rock Island. It's the place to be every Sunday this football season. Barbecue Chris will be in the house every week smoking the place up with his amazing menu or mouth-watering barbecues. Cavies will have every game on inside and outside their numerous TV screens. Plus, you can play their adult video games, and they have the loosest slots around. Check out Kavanaugh's Hilltop Bar, 1228 30th Street in Rock Island. For Fantasy Sake has teamed up with Route 96 Boutique to raise a little more cash for Toys for Tots this season. From September 11th until the end of November, 10% off of all purchases made with Route 96 on Sundays will be donated to us for our Toys for Tots drive. At Route 96, they believe in girl power. They want a place that people of all shapes and sizes can shop and feel empowered and beautiful. They want you to be the best you possible, and they are committed to bringing you different styles while also providing some basics to express the true you. You can find them on Facebook and at Route96Boutique.com. Again, that's Route96Boutique.com. I'm looking at next week's lines already. Oh, man. So many games that are over three points that I would like to take, but the spreads are wonky. All right, let's get jiggy. So the game of the day today was in Chicago. I have no idea. Like, sit back and relax. I could go 30 minutes on this. Um, (laughs) So the Dolphins and the Bears, where should I start? Let's start with Miami. Another impressive performance by the Dolphins. They found a way to win. And I will say, in the grand scheme of things, they got, I don't want to say lucky, but a little, they caught some breaks. Let's just say that. The last drive for Chicago, very weird, very weird. They were able to get one first down off the Miami stop or off stopping the fins. And then they throw a deep ball on third down to Claypool and Claypool clearly gets gets interfered with and they don't call it, which there were a couple earlier in the game where Miami got them and they were pretty, I don't know, bad calls is the right word, but they weren't the best calls. Um the one that Hill, no, not or not the Watt. I'm trying to think. Hill got one and Waddle got one. I think Waddle's was 
the the hill one I don't think was that bad. The Waddle one, I will admit, that one was pretty bad. Jackson didn't really do much, and Waddle also mistimed his jump. If Waddle, instead of jumping up, just kind of falls back and keeps going, he would have ended up catching it and probably scoring. Um, I So the, the interference happens. Claypool gets pretty much bear-hugged. And they don't call it, which, okay, fine. And then on fourth down, Fields gets moved off his spot and throws a strike to St. Brown, and he just fucking drops it, man. That's the same issue we've had all year with their receivers. It's like they do a couple nice things, and then all of a sudden they don't make a play. It's like you can't catch it for them, man. There were two of them last week against the Cowboys where Valus and three of them, Valus, Pettis, and St. Brown all missed plays. And that's why they immediately went out and got Claypool. I thought Claypool was fine today for Chicago. Um, I think more and more they're going to get him involved. He's definitely going to end up being a good red zone target for them. Um, but for Miami, offensively, they're still clicking. They ran the ball well. Jeff Wilson, instant impact. Uh, Raheem Mostert was good. The offensive line, I know the Bears' defensive front has been pretty weak, but uh, the, the Dolphins did a really good job in protecting Tua today. Uh, I think... They did a they did a great job of scheming stuff in the middle of the field, which is their game. But like I you, you knew they weren't gonna try to take too many deep shots on Brisker and Jackson because of how good they are at safety. But you knew they were gonna do everything they could to make the linebackers of Chicago try to cover hash to hash, numbers to numbers, or corners for Chicago cover Hill and Waddle in the middle of the field. And they were like, Tua was just nailing them all day long. The accuracy that he's got, the continuation that they were able to schematically get that stuff open was really, really good. And I was really impressed with how good they've been in the red zone all year long. But today, again, just just money went once they get into the red area of being able to get six instead of three. Very impressed with how they were doing that. Chicago's off at, listen, I mean, Chicago's answered everything. Like, again, for me as a fan of both teams, this was perfect. This was exactly the game I wanted. Uh, both teams, both quarterbacks looking great. Both I, The defenses, like, here's what you could say. Miami's defense has struggled um, in these games, um, but they've made some adjustments. I thought they did a better job in the second half of limiting some of the field stuff. But listen, Fields, you can, you can say field, Fields, you could probably say Fields was the better quarterback today, right? I mean, Fields was sensational. And this is the stuff that we've been waiting for with him like the last month. So since halftime of the Vikings game, this offense has started to turn the page. They had great drives in the second half against Minnesota. The Washington game, the schematics were there, and there were some plays made by Fields, but that game, nobody made a play at all. Nobody made a single solitary play, and the offensive line was terrible. Then after that, they get the mini-buy. They come back against New England and douse them in kerosene. Then they come back against Dallas, and even though the defense gets shredded, the offense looks really, really good. And then today, again, the offense looks great. The only times they got – they only got stopped a couple times. They punted twice. They punted twice and kicked one field goal. Incredible. Now, granted, one of the punts 
got or I guess they punted three times. One of them did get blocked, which led to a Dolphins score, which allowed it to be anytime Chicago scored, the Dolphins answered and the lead would go from like, you know, 10 to or like 11 to three to 10 to three to 10. And so back and forth, that's how they went. So that's that explains that. But Fields, listen. The O-line, too, I thought did a pretty good job of blocking today. I know Fields did make a lot of plays with his legs. A lot. Dude, he ran. He set a single-game record for rushing yards as a quarterback today. Uh, 15 carries, 178 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, we'll get to some of the solitary runs in a moment. But I thought they did a solid job. Like, I did think, I did think some of the times he tucked it and ran were a <laughs> – were a – product of no one being open and him having the lane to get outside. He made a couple where obviously he went full wizard, but even like on the long run for the touchdown, when he stepped up, he was looking for Mooney who was in the, who was running the sit route on mesh, which again, they're running mesh. Oh my goodness. I love it. I can't believe they actually are running concepts that fields are in in college. Well, Anywho, he faked it and then took off. He just stepped up and faked it. And I think he, when he was throwing the sit route to Mooney, Mooney started his scramble drill. He peeled, he veered out to go deep, and Fields then faked it and ran and scored. Um, real quick, shout out to Luke Getze, man. Like, absolutely. The first four weeks of this season for the Bears were really rough. And fields was rough and they were trying to do stuff to figure out what they were going to be. And then eventually they started finally just unlocking things on a week by week basis of what fields does well. And the last month has been the absolute blueprint for how you want to attack with this kid. Again, I said it a couple weeks ago, and I did steal this from someone like on Twitter. You have to take his his numbers as a whole, not just his passing numbers, but you also have to add his rushing numbers because that's how he operates. That's the type of quarterback Fields is. But Luke Getze has done such a great job with his play calling on doing things that works for Fields. He had none of this last year. And the first four weeks, even this season, they didn't do much of it. But since then... They're doing rollouts, play designs. Cole Komet, they have found a way. I'd be tied. How many times have I come on here and pissed on the name of Cole Komet? He's been awesome the last couple weeks. They're using him in blocking. They love him as a blocker. They're doing stuff with him in the passing game with fancy play design stuff. He caught two touchdowns today. Like the stuff they're doing with him is good. They're doing great rollout concepts. Half field reads on third and short to get easy throws. Like they're they're they understand that they don't have great targets, but I do like what they think they can throw out there now. You can have, I think they're starting to bring Harry into the offense a bit more for certain spots. You're going to have Claypool out there as an X who, when you need it, you can just have you can try to get single single matchup on him and throw jump balls to him in spots. They tried to do that on that third down, but again, he pretty much got suplexed and. They didn't call it. Mooney made a great – They Fields, one of his three touchdowns, the one that wasn't to commit, he threw it to Mooney in the red zone. He ran like a, a up and then corner route. It was a great catch. Fields also threw a perfect ball and great job by Mooney to come down with it. Uh, 
listen, man, they are really figuring stuff out. And I don't know how many wins are going to be on the market for them. But as long as they keep looking like this, like, dude, when was the last time this team ever looked this good? The the Bears have never been this fun, ever. God, they're fun. God, this last month, this last three weeks has been heaven on earth watching this team. Like today, as a Dolphins fan and a Bears fan, I have my reasons for cheering for both. Most of you know. For those that don't, moved up here. My closest friends, uh, mainly Tanner Rowe, Nick Pearson, Max, a Detroit fan. But like Tanner and I, I've got, oh, I've shared a lot of my sports fandom stuff with him. We have shared those moments together. Uh, but um, you know, I kind of started cheering for the Bears. I really didn't have a football team other than the Dolphins. But the reason for the Dolphins, I am from Florida, and my mother was a Dolphins fan. Um, this, that the Dolphins were the second team I remember cheering for as a kid. The first was Florida State football. The Dolphins were the second. My mom liked Miami football. I don't know why I didn't cheer for him, but I cheered for Florida State. Love Florida State. Did not like Miami, though my mom loved them. My mom was a Dolphins fan, so that's why I cheer for the Dolphins. And mama, your team is awesome. They're great. And I will like, we'll get to them in a second. But lastly, on the Bears, the progression that they have had, again, as uh, as a fan of both of these teams today was awesome. Some diff- like there's some defense stuff the Dolphins can clean up, but that's water under the bridge. A lot of it was fucking Fields making plays, man. It really was, dude. It really was. I thought Bradley Chubb and his limited snaps made some efforts. Like Bradley Chubb had Fields dead to right on a sack, and Fields just pivoted out, and said, "Nope." Like, dude, come on, just come on. Some of the stuff he was doing today. The the 61-yard the touchdown run he had, man, was one of the nastiest plays I've ever seen in my life. I have watched football. I am 27 years old. I have watched football for as long as I can remember, at least 21 years of my life. I can at least recall going back to 2001, 2002 at the latest. No, yeah, 2001, because I remember, or 2001, yeah, because I remember 20, 2002, the Patriots won in the Super Bowl against the Rams. Like, I remember those things. Like, I remember 2001, like, at least so 21 years of my life, I've watched football. The field's play was the sickest play I've ever seen. He steps up in the pocket. In midair, he's jumping to pump and then pump fakes. When Mooney veers out instead of be instead of letting it go, comes down in the same motion, swivels his hip to land and take off, make two guys miss and score, and then to have the the burst to run away from dudes like, listen, people are gonna hear this and they're gonna and they're gonna they're gonna side eye me. There's only one guy in the league that could do what he did today, only one other dude, and his name is Lamar Jackson. That is the only guy that can do what Fields did today. That's it. That plays in the league right now, obviously. What he did today was the game he had today was special. And I don't think it's always going to be types of games like this where he has 150 rushing yards, but like he's going to get better as a passer. They're going to evolve and more hit more stuff in the throwing game. But like this is the type of player he is, and they're going to continue to evolve that. Listen, man, he is proving to us that he is the real deal. 
He's absolutely at the moment. He's been the best player in that class at the quarterback position. Now, Trevor Lawrence has been doing things that have been really good. And today was a really good game from Trevor Lawrence. But listen, and it's both of them. Like it is Lawrence and Fields, and everyone tried to tell me how how different it was for some of these guys that were better than Fields. Like, nah, man, number one's legit. Lastly, on Miami, they're still going to be in the top five tomorrow. They they're still really good. They're undefeated with Tua. Tua missed a couple throws today that were tough. That they had that fourth down where he did a good job of reading the full field and getting back to the tight end. Um, I think it was Swain, but he fucking threw it at his ankles. That would have that first down would have been almost iced the game. He had a go route. He had Jalen Waddle on a rail route down the side, or he had a, on a rail route, uh, and he underthrew him by five yards. And I think it was Eddie that came back, or no, it was Jalen Johnson that came back and made a nice play on the ball. But if he if he leads him there, Waddle is gone. He absolutely torched him. Um. So you have those couple misses, but other than that, I thought two was great and they do stuff that again, an offense that plays to his strengths. I don't understand how anyone can watch the dolphins and then watch what other teams do in the league that are at the top echelon. And, and other than like the bills at their best and think Miami can't play with them. They already beat the bills. Okay. I'm just like, come on, man. Oh, because they lost to Minnesota with Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater or the Jets or they lost to Cincinnati when two got hurt in a half at halftime. Like if you watch the Dolphins and you don't think that they're one of the five or six best teams in the league at worst, I cannot help you. I just can't, you know. As much as I want to, I just can't help you. I'm going to put the Elite out to, eight out tomorrow, and they're going to be ahead of Minnesota, and I'm going to hear, oh, why is Minnesota behind them? Do you watch Minnesota and think they're one of the better teams in the league? And if you do, why? Give me a reason. Other than, oh, they beat Miami and blah, blah, blah. Like, none of your reasons are legit. They're the most uninspiring 7-1 team in the league, like, ever. And I picked them to be this good. But you just watch them, and it's just like, meh. Just, just the team. They're there. They find a way to win games, which is impressive. Not many teams are doing that this year. So I give them credit. But listen, man. Madness. It's just madness. Okay. I got a couple quick hitters that we're going to go through next. Uh, calm down a little bit. Uh, we'll have that right after this. We'll take a break. This episode is brought to you by Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill in Moline and Davenport. Chase away your Sunday scaries at Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill this season. Located in the Belgium neighborhood of 7th Street in Moline, Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill is home to some of the Quad City's best food and drink specials. On Sunday, there's no better place to be. Clint's is serving up 75-cent wings and $4 Bloody Marys all day. And is your favorite team playing in those out-of-market games? Well, you'll never miss a second of the action on one of their 10 screens with NFL Sunday Ticket. And after you've had your wing and bloody fix... 
finish off your football watching experience with one of their famous Quad City style pot pizzas. And folks, they know pizza. They've been spinning QC style pies for the last 22 years. So make Clint's part of your Sunday football routine. Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill, 7th Street in Moline. And also, Clint is now serving up their famous pizza and fried chicken on the Iowa side of the river as well. Clint's Pizza House and Chicken opens up daily at 4 p.m. so everyone in the Quad Cities can enjoy their QC-style pizza and Henny Penny Fried Chicken. That's Clint Pizza House and Chicken, 7th Street Moline, and 1601 West 3rd Street in Davenport. Make sure you tune into For Frequency Sake on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch each Sunday during the football season from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. The boys from For Fantasy Sake will be bringing the fire fantasy football takes, updating you on the week's rankings and injuries, and getting you ready for your fantasy football matchups each and every week. The show is interactive, so be sure to send your questions. You can find them at For Frequency Sake on Facebook, at FFSQC on Twitter, or you can send them an email at ForFantasySakeQC at gmail.com. View from the West, the podcast covering Illinois high school football. <laughs> Weekly analysis and reaction from around the western side of the state of Illinois. This yep. is the game we had circled when the year started. Follow along on YouTube and Twitter and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's big time football out there tonight, and I know we can play big time football. You from the West. We got you covered. All right, a couple quick hitters here before we end the night. Um, Let's start with... I know we won the bet, but I got to I gotta go off a little bit. The Chargers need to fire everybody. Brandon Staley, their offensive staff, their defensive staff, their coaching staff is horrendous. They continue to just do so many bad things. I would need to do like some film study, and I know they're hurt, but God, man, they don't do anything well. They're so poorly prepared. It's just bad, and they win today because Justin Herbert – Finds ways to win. Uh, Packers, Lions. <sighs> a mess. Packers move the ball. They get into the red zone, and Rodgers throws three picks. They get into the red zone a fourth time late in the game, and they are unable to capitalize, because or they turn the ball over on downs. Let me see. They outgain the Lions 389 to 254. Out past them, 283 to 137. They did get out rushed, but regardless. Um, I think we can say Green Bay's done unless they miraculously – this is a five in a row. Um, they miraculously – like, they play the, pe- the – the, they play Dallas next week. It do, it do not get easier, boys and girls. Then after that, they get Tennessee on thir- on a Thursday night. Tennessee is going to dogpile them. So we could be at six. That'll be six, seven in a row. Then they go to Philly. That could be eight in a row. And then they get the Rams. Or no. Then after that, they get the Bears and the uh, the Bears December 4th. Like the Bears are going to be licking their chops ready to play the Green Bay at home. Like, dude, I don't know when they win again. 
you know, it's not pretty right now for Green Bay, and I don't know how they fix it. Their schedule is way too tough. I think you can probably put the red X around them for the playoffs. Another team you can put the red X around the Los Angeles Rams. What a gross game today in Tampa Bay. Both offenses suck. Both both T defenses are solid, but both offenses are just cooked. The only reason the Bucs are alive is because they play in the NFC South. It is constant, constant averageness from them. And then the Rams. So, okay, the Bucs. Now, I will say this. Brady's delivering some stuff, and the Bucs just have dudes dropping balls left and right. It's just a mess. They can't run the football. Uh, It's just so many bad things. And eventually, what happened was so the 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 ram or the bucks go four and out on the goal line the rams get it back they end up having to punt the ball away and then the 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 bucks get it back they hit their first play down the middle of the field for like 30 yards to get to the 40 or inside the 40 they clock it and then after that the rams just start giving them free yards in the sideline like, what the hell? The Rams, after playing good defense all game, the Bucks have not been able to do anything. They just go into ultra prevent mode and let Tampa Bay walk down the field. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, brother, on what? Like, dude, I cannot fathom... If I was a Rams fan, I would be on suicide watch. You have this game one. You've led all day. Yes, you're not good, but you're going to find a way to win a game and stay alive. And then the defense goes into super duper conservative prevent mode when they have no timeouts and they just give them free yards in the sidelines. Like, did you did you not expect Brady to notice that? Brady, the greatest dude to ever play the game? Did you? What were they doing? That was so bad. They're just sitting back and letting them get these cheap out routes for 8 to 10 yards a pop right down the field for the last four plays. And then they get to the goal line, and they easily just sneak K-Dot into the flat. No one's there. Oh, my God. Rams fans, like, sorry. I would be on suicide watch. How? How do you allow that to happen? That was so bad. That game was hilarious. But that was so piss poor. And the Rams are done. Get the fuck out of the club. You're done. See you later. That was horrible. You do not deserve to be here anymore. Goodbye. Good riddance. You're toast. Oh, that was just bad. I can't believe that happened. Speaking of bad, the Raiders, this is wild. Devontae Adams has a block party in the first half. Adams went for like eight catches for 130 yards in the first half, and he only he finished with under 150 yards on the game. The Raiders are an absolute joke. Josh McDaniels is terrible. He's continuously trying to fit this square peg in a round hole with their offense, and Derek Carr was not good today. Shout out to Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. Down 17 to nothing early. They were calm, cool, and collected to come back and chip away. They do a great job of getting points when needed. 
Look, so to end the half, they're down 17 to 7. They have a nice long drive that ends with a Travis Etienne touchdown. That's big to make it 17 to 7. 10 plays, 75 yards. They do give up a field goal to go down 20 to 7, but then they come right back. Eight plays, 49 yards in 45 seconds to cut the lead to 20 to 10. Then they get the ball to start the third. They take Agnew gets a really good kickoff return. And then they go right down the field and score to make it 20 to 17. And then they force a three and out. And then boom, 12 plays, 82 yards right down the field. Jags take the lead. They don't relinquish it the rest of the game. Great comeback by the Jags. Another building block forward. Listen, it's going to be tough for them to obviously rally to make the playoffs. But this year for a team is still about learning and winning. The, like, I think the mistake we made with the Jags was we expected them to go from absolutely atrocious and getting killed to winning. They needed to, to they, we, we wanted them to skip the step of horrifying, painful losses. Like that's the step they're in right now. And that's how most of their losses have been. Like they're top 10 in the league in DVOAs and point differential, but they're three and six. The winning record for the other nine teams is ridiculous. But when this team is rolling, they're good. There's times when they just shoot themselves in the nuts, and today they were able to rally, and I think that was a very impressive win. Um, the Jets over the Bills. Talk about the stunner of the day. You, I don't want anybody – there. no one's going to, but I don't want anybody to say I kind of backwards called this one uh, on the podcast today because I didn't have the – or on the live show today. I didn't have the balls to say the Jets would cover – I just had a weird feeling that there one of the worlds like there's alternate realities out there and we were either going to be the one where the Bills won by 50 or the Jets miraculously got the win. Let me say this, Zach Wilson actually played really well today and considering a week ago he threw some of the most horrifying interceptions that you've ever seen, got to give him credit to play well. Josh Allen today was terrible. I need to know who else other than Nick? Because Nick Wright's going to do it, and people are going to think he's just being an ass. I need some major media member to be to call out Josh Allen for playing like absolute trash today. He was so bad. If he's any better, the Bills win. He was terrible. The, the Jets' defense is awesome. Sauce Gardner might already be the best corner in the league. The Bills still can't run the football, but, man, what a disaster. Uh, six straight quarters for Buffalo. They've been really wonky since the bye week off of the um, since the bye week after the Chiefs win. Really wonky. Not good. Not a fan. Not a fan of how things have been going. Um, so we'll see. They had the good first half against Green Bay, but then they just kind of perploded. Listen, they get the Vikings next week at home, and it's a good team coming to their house. I know I just talked shit about Minnesota, but Minnesota's a good team. Like, they got to play better, man. They got to play better. They got to figure some stuff out, which they just haven't. Um, but shout out to the Jets. Shout out to the Jets. Um, I don't know when. Maybe we'll wait till next week. Maybe I can get something where I get the boys on like last year. Um, 
we'll do some sort of what's the Monday night game next week? Commanders Eagles. Maybe we can kind of record around it where we do some sort of, you know, uh, prediction for the standings to go to the playoffs. Last year we did it and we were all horrifically off. This year I think we would all come pretty close, but regardless, um, yeah, I think I've got an idea for what I think some of like some of the spots would be. But outside of that, man, not much. Uh, it's uh, there's some that are still up in the air. That's for sure. I think at least one AFC spot is up for grabs. Um, and maybe two, because there's a world that exists that the Jets fall off, but man, they got a good start. The Jets. Bengals, Patriots, uh, the Browns, if they can figure their shit out. Um, they do play Dol- the Dolphins next week, so Miami could kind of piss on their chances next week. Uh, so, yeah, it's not great for for the, the Browns. They, they've screwed around too much. But the Chargers, they're going to so like the Bengals, the Chargers – the Jets and the Patriots are going to be fighting for two of the last two spots. Um, I think the Jets are close. Are the f- like it could very well be the all the other three that isn't the Jets. Like I think the Jets could very well be the six seed um, with Miami or Buffalo the five or one. Miami, the Jets, and the Dolphins will be either some form of the one seed, the two seed, or the five seed, and then the other will be the six. Like the whoever isn't the one or the two, and then the five, the other will be the six between the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills. I think. Um, and the NFC right now, just kind of gauging. Niners and Seahawks, I believe, will definitely get in. The Seahawks continue to roll. Um, the Vikings, pretty much all but locked up the North at this point. They're four plus games. They've beaten everybody in their division at least once. Granted, it's all been at home. So they got to go to Chicago, to Detroit, to Green Bay, which could get weird. Um, I don't think any but any one of those games for them is going to be easy, considering they needed some crazy shit to happen to beat Detroit, and then they were able to survive against Chicago in that second half. Um, NFC South is a crapshoot between Atlanta or Tampa Bay, but one of them will get in. And then the NFC East, you have three teams right now that obviously I think are on the fast track to get in. Between the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants. Cowboys were off this week, as well as the Giants. So uh, the the herd is dwindling down already. But I think today, like this weekend, crossed some teams off. I think this weekend crossed. I, they were already crossed off, but the Texans have been crossed off. I think the Raiders have been crossed off. The uh, Rams, they've been donezoed. The Panthers, get them out of there. Who else? AFC West, we did the Raiders. AFC South, we did the Texans. AFC North, uh, they didn't they didn't play this week, but you can get the Steelers out. You can get the Steelers out of the paint. Um, NFC North, you can get the Lions out of the paint. The Packers, I think, out of the paint. The Bears, more than likely, out of the paint, unless they somehow just get hot, which I doubt it. But there's no like, that's not. They don't have enough. Like, no, it's not happening. Green Bay. Wait, I won't say Green Bay yet, but they're close. Um, they lose to Dallas, then three and seven, six straight losses. I will officially yank them out of the club. 
So we'll, we'll cross off Chicago and Detroit. We'll cross off in the NFC West, the Rams. The Cardinals, we'll cross them off to um, NFC South, the Panthers, and that's it. Can't cross off the Commanders. They're only four and five. It's going to be tough, but they're four and five. Can't cross off the Saints because they play tomorrow, and even if they lose, they're in the NFC South. Can't cross off Tampa or Atlanta. NFC North, NFC West. Uh, I think you can cross off the Rams and the Fal- and the Cardinals. I really do. I think today was the death blow for LA. In Arizona, they're just a weird team, man. They're now three and six. They continue to defy weird ways. Like it's hard to describe them. It's hard to describe them. It's very weird. Who? What if this is the year the Cardinals go like shit start to hot finish? That'd be funny. That would be funny. That'd be <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be some shit. That would be great. Oh, that'd be funny. All right, I'm gonna take one last break. We'll wrap things up next. Make sure you tune into For Frequency Sake on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch each Sunday during the football season from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. The boys from For Fantasy Sake will be bringing the fire fantasy football takes, updating you on the week's rankings and injuries, and getting you ready for your fantasy football matchups each and every week. The show is interactive, so be sure to send your questions. You can find them at For Frequency Sake on Facebook, at FFSQC on Twitter, or you can send them an email at ForFantasySakeQC at gmail.com. Thanks to Doug Green for always getting us on the air. Shout out to DJ Jarvis, as always, for, um, you know, being a cool guy. I, eventually, we're going to get DJ on. Maybe I can get him on at some point next week. We'll come on during halftime or something of the Monday night game. We'll do a little fun mole predictional ordeal or maybe if the game sucks enough tomorrow we can come on i don't know but we'll figure it out i need dj to come on soon he needs to come on very very soon um other than that we will see you guys tomorrow with the monday night recap uh i'll I'll probably do some probably do a little college football i did get to watch a good amount of the games um and kind of indulge in everything. So we'll we'll talk we'll do a weekend roundup. We haven't really done a good one of those in a while. And then we'll do the Elite Eight. Um not much don't, don't expect much movement in the Elite Eight this week. Maybe some other than at the top. Well, I mean, I guess I should say don't expect much movement from outside of the Elite Eight to inside of the Elite Eight. I don't think we're going to be letting anybody into the club this week. There's going to be some movement in the club. We're going to get people are moving tables. You know, you, you, like somebody saw a friend of theirs like that they didn't notice was in yet. And they're going over there to sit with them and chop it up. You know, what's up, my guy? How are we living? Uh, some of the girls are starting to that are the, some of the single ladies that were at the bar. Notice some men that they're going to go dabble with, you know, so there's going to be some movement in the club. But I don't think anybody new is coming to the club or anybody. It's too early for these uh, people to leave the club. It's only midnight. You know, we're just getting going. The music's starting to bump. So I don't think the club, way too long of a club analogy, but that was uh, that was my best. 
Regardless, as always, this has been the Educated Ignorance Podcast. A reminder, if you ain't got your game, you best pass the sticks. My name is Joe Winkle. We will see you tomorrow night uh, after the Monday night game. Till then, we are out. <laughs>